What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. You are listening to The Styles Files, and I am your host, Alan Styles. Thank you so much for tuning in to this newest episode. Very excited for the show. Um, I'm always excited for our shows, but, you know, we got a lot to talk about this week. We'll talk about the MLB All-Star Week, the Home Run Derby, uh, the actual All-Star Game, uh, how your favorite show, The Bachelor slash Bachelorette, can be more realistic And we'll play one of my favorite games on the show, overrated, underrated, and properly rated. Lastly, we'll discuss whether or not social media has ruined high school reunions. So, MLB All-Star, the Home Run Derby happened earlier in the week, and the hometown hero, Bryce Harper, was able to bring home the trophy for the crowd. And even though, you know, it's just a Home Run Derby, everyone involved, I think, needed this win. The city of D.C. needed it because the Nationals have been underwhelming uh, and Bryce has been underwhelming, even though his home run numbers are good. The Nationals needed it because they know they've been underperforming and Bryce needed it because he's had his struggles this season. Besides the homers, he's batting a whopping 214. Uh, Some National League executive called him a, quote, selfish losing player, close quote. And of course, that is an anonymous quote. And by the way, I hate that so much. Like if you're going to say those kind of words about a player, why not put your name on it? Like we don't know if this person uh, has even worked with Bryce before or just doesn't like his swag or his hair or something like that. It might not even have to do anything with baseball. Maybe he's just bald and every time Bryce flips his hair, it really grinds his gears. You know, if you're going to attempt to slander someone's image like that, why don't you be an adult and put your name on it? But anyway, uh, then I guess there was an issue with Bryce not running out of ground ball. As a result, his manager had to speak with him. So it's been a tough go for Bryce Harper. And to see him and his manager embrace when it was over, not to mention his jack dad pitching to him, it just felt like everyone in that stadium from the D.C. area uh, had been given new hope or new life for, you know, the second half of the season. Uh, We'll see if they can turn it around after the All-Star break. Not to mention, you know, people have been throwing around these crazy numbers for Bryce's new contract, like $400 million. $400 million. You know, like, I get happy on a scratcher when I win 20. And we're talking about $400 million. But yeah, you know, um, everybody knows I'm a big Bryce guy. I actually played against him twice uh, on one of my summer teams humble brag and believe it or not we beat his team the first time but the second time he hit a bomb off of us that probably still hasn't landed yet but it will be interesting to see how everything develops and if the nationals can um turn everything around because they definitely have the talent and to be honest i thought when they let go of dusty baker it was kind of messed up you know from a record standpoint a lot of teams would love to go as far as the Nationals have gone the last couple of years, but I did understand it in terms of, hey, you know, um, we need a new voice and all that good stuff. But if they don't turn it around, it's not really a great look. Um, But speaking of the home run derby, that's basically what the actual All-Star game turned into as 10 home runs were hit, breaking a record for home runs hit 
in an all-star game with the American League winning as per usual. I believe they've won the last six years. Um, The game has definitely changed, man. Obviously, we're not seeing, you know, the single season crazy roid rage numbers from the late 90s and early 2000s, but more people are hitting home runs because I believe hitting philosophies have definitely changed. And personally, I think it's good for the game. A lot of people are saying there's too many strikeouts, blah, blah, blah. Look, answer me this. If Aaron Judge or John Carlos Stanton go down in a hole 0-2, do you really want them choking up and just trying to make contact, hitting a little dribbler to the shortstop? No. No one wants to see that. Now, sure, if the guy up is a nine hitter or a leadoff hitter, okay. But unless there's a running and scoring position, a runner in scoring position, Who cares? You know, swing for the fences. You look at a guy like Jose Altuve. I don't know enough about his background to, uh, you know, know his hitting philosophy. And he's definitely a freak of nature. You know, the average is clearly impressive. Although to hit as many home runs as he does at 5'6", well, he claims 5'6", so he's probably 5'5". But to hit that many home runs and, you know, have a batting average that high, that tells me one thing. He has multiple swings. Now, when I was playing, sure, you know, they tell you 2-0, count, get aggressive, start early. But with this many home runs being hit, you know, now there's no doubt in my mind that people are just flat out swinging differently. Does anyone remember Little League when coaches would tell you to swing down? What the hell do I want to swing down for? Half of these fields are turf now anyway. There ain't no bad hops. Then, you know, as a quick lefty, they wanted to tell me to hit the ball in the six hole. You know, make the shortstop move to their right side. You know what happened in college? Most of them make the play. Sure, players are stronger and some are bigger But the game has changed. You know, I was watching the College World Series, and I saw a bunch of players, 5'8 to 5'11, with 5'6, 10 home runs. And with these new bats, well, it's been about seven or eight years since the old bats, but still, players and coaches are finally being honest with themselves, you know, saying they want to see home runs. And personally, unless that's just not in your bag of tricks, I don't want to see anyone that can't steal a base swinging for a single with two outs. Speaking of making it to second base or third, if you're lucky, I cannot lie. I stayed strong for however many years it's been going on until this past season when I finally broke down and started watching The Bachelor. I'm in love with her. And for those of you that did see The Last Bachelor, you completely understand how that led me to watching The Bachelorette. And for those of you who don't watch and could care less, basically, The Last Bachelor picked one woman to be his, and then a couple weeks later, changed his mind, broke her heart by deciding to go with the other woman that was in his final two. So the new Bachelorette is Becca, the woman that he left. Now, if you're not a fan uh, of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, don't worry. I'm by no means going to break down what happened on the show or anything like that. 
I just want to talk about the whole basis of the show and how unrealistic the whole thing is. Keep in mind that I watch. Now, I didn't know until, obviously, last season that these things are usually, you know, supposed to end with an engagement. I'm used to watching Flavor of Love, For the Love of Ray J, and I Love New York. Any trashy dating show on VH1 in the early 2000s is more my speed. But yeah, you know, the whole engagement thing for me is kind of what throws me off. Like, I don't think they get to see each other off camera. So it's like, you know, they go on maybe between one and five dates with someone, meet their family, bada bing, bada boom, where's the ring? Not to mention, these are not just random dates. They're in Brazil. They're in Thailand. They're in Hawaii. I mean, how could you not fall in love in any of those places? I'd literally fall in love with anything. If you're paying for me to be in Hawaii at a nice resort, I can fall in love with a squirrel running by or even the room service that delivers my free food. I'd probably kiss them and tell them that I'm falling for them. And in what world can you just go around saying you're in love with multiple people, but you just love this person the most and love them enough to marry them? Like, try that in real life and see how that works out for you. Look, babe, I just want to let you know that I love you and three other people. But don't worry, because I love you the most. Will you marry me? You will be a bachelor yourself quicker than you think if you try something like that. I also just found out that they sign up before they even know who the bachelor or bachelorette will be. So it's like, really? This person is all 20 of y'all's type? Like, what do they put down when signing up? Hmm, it's asking what my type is. I'll put women. Like, has anyone gotten on the show and been like, hey, you know, I'm cutting myself. We're just not compatible. You're just not my type. You know, I know they've had a black bachelorette, but never a black bachelor. So I'm curious Is a paperwork different? Like, hmm, I'm not sure why they're asking how I feel about interracial couples. Must be a formality. But I am curious, though, you know, like maybe at this point, why bother? But I wonder if they ever will have a minority as a bachelor. The bachelorette was black. uh, The last bachelorette was black. So kudos to them on that. But now we want to see, ABC, are you willing to go out on a limb and assume that a minority can be universally seen as beautiful. Because basically, that's what they're doing, right? If you have people signing up that have no clue what someone looks like, you need to make sure that that person uh, that you pick is someone that you assume most people will find attractive. But once they do pick someone, uh, look, you want to make sure these relationships last. And, you know, I, I just got some ideas Um, You you need to start putting them in real-life situations. Have them make their own dinner and decide who does the dishes. Put them in the fantasy suite and just hide like those fart machines and just press the button from the control room and see who they blame. Tell them they need to shower one after the other, but there's only so much hot water. Then no matter how long the first person takes, cut the hot water off when the second person is in there. 
these are the things that make you stronger as a couple. Not parasailing in Dubai. Not eating dinner at the nicest place in Vegas. By the way, I've never seen either person ever actually eat those dinners. Look, if I was on there, I'm like, bruh, hand me that rose later. Like, that filet mignon looks hella good, and I'm not trying to let it get cold. Like, you can tell me about why you're scared of relationships while I'm eating this chicken cordon bleu. Don't trip. I swear I'm listening. In love with him. But seriously, put them in some real-life situations, please. Make one of them go to the bathroom after the other person goes number two. That's a date I'd watch. That's how you build a strong foundation. And hide the Lysol spray while you're in there, too. I'm in love with her. But yeah, man, you know, this season has been pretty boring, um, but it's just one of those things that you can't leave because you've already wasted so much of your life watching it that if you stopped watching, it would all be for nothing. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's a game, and, you know, it's still entertaining at the same time. Speaking of games... Time to play one of my favorite games on the show, overrated, underrated, or properly rated. First, overrated, NBA Summer League. Look, I get it. It's basically the sl slowest period in sports right now, but can we stop freaking out um, over performances from the Summer League? It's basically a bunch of players who have never played in the league or players that did play in the league and, you know, we're close to the last ones off the bench. And I love watching it, don't get me wrong, but tearing up the Summer League is basically doing well in the G League. Not to mention, you know, there are no full scouting reports or anything like that. It's basically pickup basketball. So can we stop anointing people from their Summer League performances? You know, watch it, enjoy it, but just take it for what it is. Summer League. I don't want to hear about this team or that team getting the seal of the draft because some dude went off in summer league. Oh, and here's a bonus overrated. A, expecting your team to be loyal to you. And B, announcing your desires to a team you just told you don't want to play for. Yes, obviously I am talking about the DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard trade. Kawhi is now a Raptor. Six, 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 six. And DeMar DeRozan is now a Spur. Apparently, uh, DeRozan met with the Raptors during Summer League, and they told him he was safe. And at this point, we should all know uh, by now that that means you're safe as of right now. I can't speak for tomorrow or even an hour from now, but you're safe literally right now. And Kawhi told the world he wanted to be a Laker and for some reason actually thought the Spurs would send him to the Lakers. Like, oh, you want to play? You don't want to play with us anymore? Sure, you can go anywhere you like. The Lakers? One of our in-conference rivals? No problem. Like, come on, dude. You got to be smarter than that. But maybe he's just saying he wants to eventually get there, you know. Um, again, back to y'all being mad when a player leaves, you burning jerseys, Twitter beefing, got the Twitter fingers popping, getting all upset. It's a business, man. And these players don't owe anyone anything. Just because, you know, you use them as a break from your life doesn't mean that they owe you anything. So underrated. As a Giants fan, this pains me to say, 
but the A's are underrated and they're hot right now, man. Um, I went to check them out for the Battle of the Bay series and they took down the Giants. And not only did the A's take down the Giants, the A's fans took down the Giants fans. I mean, for majority of the game, the A's fans had their drums going and they were just way louder. It honestly sounded like we were at the Coliseum. And then I looked around and saw that everything was from this century and remembered that I wasn't at the Coliseum. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was a little embarrassing to be a Giants fan, and I'm not going to, you know, try to out-cheer the rest of the stadium. Um, and then we start losing, and it, it, it was just tough. Um, but if you're the Giants, uh, you know, I went there and I picked a bunch of Giants players for my fan duel uh, because why not? And it's like, if you're going to lose, you know, don't make me extra salty. Like, can you at least lose 8-7 to seven? Or nine to six. Can we make it exciting? You know, we didn't even stay for the whole thing. And I don't feel bad about it at all. Oh, and by the way, if I can add another overrated section to this underrated section, let's go ahead and throw Umami Burger in there. For those of you who don't know what Umami Burger is, it's one of these half-chain, half-hipster burger spots that wants to charge you $15 for a burger with no fries. But that's not even the worst part. We go there before the game. I'm like, you know, hey, let's treat ourselves because when you're going to, you know, any type of sporting event, you plan on speeding, spending money anyway. I got a burger. You know, my girlfriend got sliders, and it took 40 minutes for the food to come out. Then when it came out, it wasn't even warm. We tell them to bring it back. Uh, you know, to take it back and, you know, bring it back out. And clearly, they just warmed up the meat and put it back on the same buns. Be better, Umami. You lucky I had to catch the game or I would have sat there and said something else. But it's always tough when you're in those situations, you know what I mean? Because what do you really do? You know, I talked to a couple people at work and they were like, look, if I were you, I just would have said I'm not paying for this. You know what I mean? But that's just like very, a, a very awkward situation. So, of course, like because of what happened, um, I gave I left a terrible tip. And is it the server's fault? No, he's not cooking the food. But I mean, I can't tip the chefs, you know what I mean, or the cooks. So, you know, they're the ones that end up losing out. But, you know, at the same time, it's like. You have to have a, 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 a system. You know, I watch a lot of Gordon Ramsay. It's raw. It's raw. Come on, guys. I mean, if Gordon was there, he would have freaked out. In-N-Out Burgers still out here selling burgers for $2.50, and y'all messing up $15 burgers. It's a damn shame. Be better, Umami. Be better. I will not be going back. It wasn't even crowded. Jeez. So properly rated. Stretching after you work out. Last Saturday, you know, I hit the gym, and the way it works for basketball teams, you know, I go to the YMCA, is that you sign your name up on the board, and whoever is part of your five is who you run with. I've been on some, you know, good teams in the past, but I can tell you that the team that I was on last weekend quite possibly may have been not only the best team to ever play at the Embarcadero YMCA in San Francisco, but honestly, Back to Summer League, I think we could have given some of them some trouble. Okay, I'm like 80% kidding, but like 20% of that thinks that we could at least hang with them. So needless to say, we never lost. You know, played, I think, six games or something like that. Um, apparently, my body 
is not quite used to winning and playing that much um, because I get back home and meet a buddy for lunch. You know, we were sitting for maybe an hour. I go to stand up and my legs literally lock up like a like full cramp mode. Like I wasn't walking like I needed crutches. I was walking like my legs were the crutches. I finally make it outside and bruh, I'm outside the restaurant stretching and doing calisthenics, like trying to get my legs back. We were probably out there for 10 minutes and the doors are glass so people can clearly see me, but I couldn't care less because I couldn't move enough to care. Out of all my years of playing sports and working out, I had never experienced anything quite like this. And the funniest part is that I told you how dope my team was, so I was clearly the fifth option. You know, it wasn't like I was working that hard to carry the team. I put the team on my back, you know, like nothing like that. You know, so word to the wise, remember to stretch and eat those bananas and get those electrolytes in you, or next thing you know, you'll be outside of a trendy bar in Oakland doing stretches in front of people while they eat their brunch and drink their bottomless mimosas. My buddy was cracking up laughing at me, but it was still good to see him. You know, we've known each other since high school. And speaking of high school, my 10-year reunion is this weekend. Now, I always told myself, you know, I wouldn't show up to my reunion unless I could arrive in a helicopter. So I guess I'm going to have to wait for my 20-year reunion to make that true because it ain't happening for the 10-year reunion. Uh, but I guess I am kind of excited to kick it with people and chill like we did in high school. Honestly, uh, I hang out with all the people from high school that I actually want to kick it with. So when it comes to everyone else, I feel like social media has kind of ruined that, you know, surprise factor, right? Like who's hot, who's not. It's not really a mystery anymore. Just go to their last posts on Instagram or Facebook. Anyone that follows me on social media will have absolutely nothing to be surprised about. They know what my girlfriend looks like, where I work, what I do in my spare time, which all sounds very creepy now that I'm saying it out loud. But seriously, unless I don't follow you or you're just off the grid, I don't really have to ask you the traditional reunion questions anymore. And because of that, I think social media kind of ruined high school reunions or reunions of any kind of, to that, uh, you know, to that matter, you know, like in the movies when there's a reunion and the jock doesn't look like a jock anymore, or the nerdy girl is like a model. And when she says her name, no one can believe it. Like the ladies man walks over there like, Hey, I don't remember you. She's like, it's Jessica Sanders, Brett. You don't remember me. He's like, Jessica, no way. You look so different. He runs to tell his friends and they spend the rest of the night hitting on her, including the guys that are married. Like, babe, I just want to go to talk to Jessica real quick. You know, like social media took that away from us. But on the other hand, what it did give us, uh, it gives people the ability to plot and plan, you know, which I think is very interesting in its own right. Like every single person is doing their homework. Like, hmm, let's see. She hasn't posted in her boy about her boyfriend in a while. Maybe she's single. Now you can have a plan of attack and you can be ready. So although social media may have taken away the element of surprise, it has given everyone the ability to be as creepy and prepared as they want. 
But thanks, everyone, for tuning in, as always, uh, to the Styles Files on iTunes and TuneIn. And if you don't follow me on social media yet, shame on you. And be sure to do so. The handle is the same for Twitter and Instagram, at A-Styles, A-S-T-I-L-E-Z. Happy weekend to everyone. Happy Friday. Until I talk to you again, take care of yourself. And until next time, be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.